0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Kodakery. I'm Megan. And I'm Josh. Joining us this week, we have legendary music photographer Danny Clench. Danny has captured some of the most famous musicians of our time at their most natural and unguarded states. Through his images, he's able to share sides of our favorite artists that we wouldn't normally get to see. We loved learning some behind the scenes stories and getting some insight into how his shots come together. So let's jump into the Kodakery and talk with Danny.
1: Today in the Kodakery, we have with us a storied photographer who has captured, and I'm not exaggerating, the photographs of just about every famous and incredible musician of our time. He's captured them at the height of their power on stage and also really intimate, kind of behind-the-scenes moments. And we're going to talk about all of that with Danny Clinch. Danny, thank you so much for joining us.
2: I'm happy to be here.
1: So, Danny, let's go back a little bit to the beginning. What made you pick up a camera, and kind of what drew you to photography?
2: Um, My mother always had a camera. As I was growing up, she documented everything that we did. Uh, She loved taking pictures, and um, I was a kid who was always into drawing and painting, and I picked up a camera early in my life and started taking photographs myself. And just became drawn to it. And I think at that point in your life when, you know, your parents and everybody are asking what is it that you want to do for a living, and as you're getting older, I decided that uh, I thought I would I would give photography a try. And at that point I was already, I had already uh, permanently borrowed one of my neighbor's cameras, <laughs> a nice camera, and uh, and I was sneaking it into concerts and photographing whenever I had the chance, just because I loved it and not for any particular reason, you know, other than yeah.
0: that. Well, so you predominantly photograph musicians. Why are they your primary um inspiration and subject?
2: You know, I just have always loved music. I love to sing and I love to play the minimal guitar that I can play and I play harmonica and I just was I was kind of drawn to just music because i because i loved it i also was and still am a big fan of the document and the photograph is a document and a lot of the photography i was drawn to early on uh was you know robert frank and danny lyon and uh jim marshall and the early work of annie leibovitz that was really uh of the document and i you know i think for me personally i always wanted to be, uh, someone like Richard Avedon or, you know, Irving Penn, uh, people who just solved photographic problems, you know, photographing fashion or musicians, um, actors, presidents, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, still lifes as Irving Penn did so well. And like, that was kind of what my goal was overall. And, and, uh, I just got some really great opportunities early on in my career with musicians and, um, I, I just just really got absorbed with it and was obsessed with photographing and capturing the musicians. That meant something to me and that meant something to others. And um, I, I realized that at a certain point that, you know, that was really important to me and that music was important to people and okay. important to, um, to capture the people who were making that music. And one of the things I'm most proud of is that I never really got sort of caught in one genre of music, even though I got my start in hip-hop uh, which I'm really proud of, I also was able to segue into, you know, the sort of indie alternative rock that was happening at the same time because of how much those musicians admired the bands that I was photographing, like Public Enemy and the Beastie Boys and that sort of thing. And and um, and um it was just really cool for me to take that to, you know, Perry Farrell and Jane's Addiction and uh, the Smashing Pumpkins, and, uh, you know, into... Pearl Jam and then Neil Young and Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash. So it's like kind of everywhere and Mm -hmm. anywhere. And, you know, and it's funny because, you know, that's my musical taste. I I, I love love all that music. Uh, And so it's been really a blessing for me to be able to, you know, to work with those people and collaborate and document what they're doing.
0: Yeah, we have your book still moving out here, sitting with us as we record this. Um, and it's evident as you're describing the, the differences in the genres that you shoot. And it's got that one picture of Tony Bennett sitting next to Jay-Z and it's like, it almost looks like they could be hanging out, like, (laughs) (laughs) which you'd be like, that, I wonder if they would hang out. But, um, but it's just, I think it's because you, you pull from them the same emotion. So regardless of genre, you're, you're showcasing that, that crux of them, which is really cool. Yeah. I think
2: my goal also is to to make an interesting photograph and for the photograph to stand on its own, mm. not just because it's Jay Z right. or Tony, but because there's a a moment there that it all comes together and it has some emotion like you'd said.
1: Yeah. You're really capturing like a a humanity and, and like these, these really candid moments that don't feel staged at all or set at all. Like, what is it of these musicians that you're trying to show? It's almost like in times you're trying to show a different side of them. What are you trying to illuminate through your photography?
2: I'm trying to catch the person off guard or where their guard is down, or not off guard, but I think more when their guard is down and get them in a comfort zone where they're, you know, there's something that is revealed in a way. I think there's that fine line between simple and boring, and I think that you know i I go into a situ- a situation with some ideas uh for sure I'm prepared and i have my my concepts how sim, however simple they might be um or elaborate and and i go in and i like i try to respond to like what's there and what light is there and what the person is doing and i t- i try to just find that moment when all of a sudden you know you've taken a hundred photographs in this one moment, let's say or in this one situation when finally the person is distracted or they look away or they feel like maybe I'm not ready or, uh, you know, and, and those are the moments where they really, it all really comes together uh, to me. And I think, you know, a portrait direct, someone looking at the camera and very composed, beautifully lit, is always, you know, going to be successful and powerful. And if I could just get past that slightly with and add that moment into there, um, that's when it really gets successful for me.
0: You mentioned coming in with somewhat of a plan. What do you what do you bring with you to a shoot? What is your like typical setup? Like you bring multiple cameras. You bring. Like, uh, I'd love to know like a little bit of how you prepare yourself to get into that because you don't really know what's going to happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, if I'm going to photograph someone and I'm I, I get to to be in in the. Um, The location where they live or where they're hanging or if they're in the studio or even if they're in a hotel. Like, I show up and and, um, I used to show up with a lot of strobes and, you know, be prepared to light things that way. And then I kind of, like, segued into, like, bring in, like, a Lowell DP light, which is just a hot light kind of, uh, you know, because the strobe just started to, like, get in the way of things for me sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, especially in, like, an environmental portrait for me where I'm trying to get people to relax and be chill and then and then i just really got into kinoflows, um which are the lights that are used um you know a lot of times more often than not like in moving image type things you know where you're lighting a you're lighting a place so that people can move through it or um you know it's a consistent light for those who don't know um that isn't a strobe it isn't a flash so like, I've really gotten to like the quality of that light and the way that it falls off and the way that it's, like, it becomes a little bit more intimate than a big lighting setup, and so, um, so then I go in, and then I, I, I kind of feel out, you know, if I've had the opportunity to talk with my subject ahead of time, maybe we just dis- discuss what they might wear or what they, you know, what they're going to bring to the shoot or what they have there at the spot where we're photographing, and um, and then at that point, I think it just sort of becomes like, uh, if I'm lucky, it becomes a collaboration where the, the subjects, you know, bring in something to the table and, uh, and um, you know, and then I'm bringing my ideas to the table. So it's it's cool when you have someone like, you know, you show up to photograph Tom Waits, for example, and he has a whole sort of like trunk full of little things that he bought that he thought might add to the shoot.
0: Cool. Uh, I imagine he and, would. <laughs> and, you know, so
2: that, that's, uh, you know, was unexpected for me the first time around. And then, uh, you know, I, I was able to sort of count on the fact that I thought he might bring something to the table the next time around. And so that kind of stuff is really, really enjoyable.
1: What about when you shoot shots? Like when we're looking through your book, there's like one that caught my attention of like Eddie Vedder on his paddleboard and he's got his ukulele, or the the real, like, I love the image of the black keys, and they're in a car, and you're, mm-hmm. and something next to him, like, how do those ideas come about, those more candid type shots, or environmental shots?
2: Um, you know, Ed and I talked about coming to, I I, I went to Oahu in Hawaii, where he was um, staying at the time. I, I was invited out there, you know, by him, and uh he, and I talked about, like, you know, what do we want to do? What, what's he got going on? And he's, like, had this, um, you know, this record, um, this ukulele record that he was doing, and he wanted to, you know, it to be about, um, you know, that environment and something really relaxed. And, you know, the idea was to come and spend, like, three or four days just wandering around the island and, and photographing. And, you know, one of the things that he did a lot was to sit around um, you know, with his ukulele, like, you know, near the water or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and we started to talk about like, wow, how cool would it be to get out on, uh, one of these stand-up paddle boards and paddle out into like a really, you know, unique spot, um, and photograph there. So that kind of just came through conversation and he's a really creative guy as well. So it was, it was fun. It's fun to collaborate with him, but we just, you know, kind of paddled out somewhere, and I had my, I shot that with my Hasselblad, actually, and I was on a paddleboard. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'm picturing you swimming bag. out there. <laughs> yeah, it was sketchy, I have to say. <laughs> uh, I was on a paddleboard, and I had my camera bag on the paddleboard, and we were like, really, I was moving very slowly. And, and um, so, so like, that sort of thing is, uh, you know, came together like that. And then, what was the other one that you were talking about? Because it had...
1: The the Black Keys?
2: Oh, the Black Keys. Um, so the Black Keys one, interestingly enough, was um, was you know being shot for Rolling Stone magazine, and so I went out to where they were living at the time when they still lived in uh, Akron, Ohio, and Dan had a recording studio that he had built in his house. It was really really cool, and so we showed up there. That was the meeting spot, and so what ended up happening is Patrick had overslept and. We were all like hanging Dan and I were hanging out uh in and my and my assistant we were hanging out in his studio, which was really cool. He was playing us records, and we were talking about music and it was just like uh the studio he had all this great vintage gear and it was it was really fun and i and I have some really great photographs from from that as well uh and then and then Patrick showed up and we did some photos in there, and we decided like, damn, yeah, we're hungry, like let's go get some food." And they said, okay, you know, we have this great spot downtown, this Mexican restaurant that we love to eat at. Let's go there and we can photograph, you know, when we get down there. And so I I said, sure, and we all walked outside. And um, Patrick had that little MG. He had driven up in the MG, but I hadn't seen it because we were all in the studio when he pulled up. Mm. And uh, he was like, all right, I'll meet you guys down there. And I said, why, you guys should ride together and, you know, I'll just hop in this really cool White minivan that I'm driving, <laughs> and uh we'll follow alongside you, and I'll I'll shoot out the window or out the side, and they're like, "Yeah, that sounds great," and so that's what we did, and that's it was cool. kind of spontaneous. It was one of those moments where, you know, we just I hopped in this minivan with my assistant driving, and hung out the door and uh, shot some pictures of them, you know, cruising down the road, and there were a handful of those, and then we stopped at like a, a traffic light, and you know, it just to me like you know it's that type of thing is is just like a real honest and kind of a classic moment when you have a car like that and you have two guys who have spent a lot of time together and are comfortable with each other and um you know you just look for those little things that help tell the story about what it is you're trying to say yeah. and uh, i think that you know i just i get better at it as time goes on the more i do it of being able to figure out what's going to look you know, interesting and be cool, and you know, and I think about like a lot of the Annie Leib- early Annie Leibovitz photographs of, you know, Sly, Sly Stone, like mm-hmm. you know, cruising down the highway in his car, uh, and the, that kind of stuff. And I, I always, as a, as a fan of music and photography, like I always loved those photographs, and right. I, I kind of look back at that as inspiration for those kind of things. And you know, it's not about reinventing the wheel; it's about you know, really just capturing. You know a, a moment of that person in that time
0: you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's all so so honest like it feels like you just captured a moment with these people and it doesn't feel manufactured at all yeah. and i think that the, this organic process you're talking about whether it's you know hanging out with eddie vetter in hawaii or Hank going to get mexican with the black keys i feel it, it really it, it's incredible that you're able to just kind of capture these really genuine feeling moments
0: yeah. Yeah. And I'm so yeah, thankful you
1: did.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah well, <laughs> you know we all are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh that's cool. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that um again, I think it the music is so important that that's why I I'm, I'm honored and and feel blessed to be able to to be able to capture that stuff. Yeah. And um I was going to say that some of my proudest moments are like when we're done with the shoot and someone was like, "Oh, oh, that that was fun. I you know, <laughs> didn't feel like a photo shoot. Cool. And I was like, well, you know, we're hanging out and I'm taking pictures, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, over the years you learn how to direct people. I remember, like, early on, and I have a specific memory of photographing um, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins early on and, and just, like, not knowing how to direct somebody, you know, and just feeling like, hey, I'll just sit here and photograph and, you know, you just be yourself and I'll just do my thing, you know, uh, and knowing enough to, to know what looked cool and what was a good moment, uh, I felt like, but to be able to direct that a little more took some time, and I feel like it, it is important to be able to direct people, uh, and I feel like people, you know, some people really don't need to be directed. On the other hand, I think everybody doesn't mind getting a little bit of direction so that they know that I have an idea of what it is I'm going for, and how can they how can they help yeah. contribute? Mm-hmm. Um, and takes so the pressure off them. Yeah, mm-hmm. along the way, like I mean, Bruce Springsteen, for example, is like I mean, the guy has been photographed uh, many, many times. He knows uh, he knows how and when he looks good and how to present himself. I think in a certain way. However, still, he's interested in my in my sort of you know opinion about what what's working and what's not and you know let me see what you got going there and then I can oh what if I do this and what if we do that you know kind of thing and and it's been um one of the great pleasures for me to like work with him and and to talk because he he's really um a student of obviously of rock and roll and music and R&B and and also the image of rock and roll you know to talk with him about you know, Elvis and The Clash and, you know, all these people who sort of, like, set the style tone, Bowie, you know, and all that. It's cool to to kind of share the love of that stuff with people like him and, like, Eddie
0: Vedder and stuff. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you deal with the uh, jealousy? Of, <laughs> I mean, I, if, I'd be like, especially if you're a musician, you say, and, you know, I'm I am also a musician, I would be, like, photographing them but also being, like, God damn it! I wish I was uh, on the other side of that <laughs> lens. <laughs> is there, oh that no, come in? man!
2: No, those people are so way beyond. Uh, yeah, I you know. know. <laughs> what's fun is what's really fun is um, is when you're talking with someone like Eddie Vedder, who's just a wonderful, humble, uh, you know, hardworking dude, and and he's just like, "Oh my God, I saw Bruce Springsteen the other night, and <sighs> like it was incredible. Like he just this guy is putting on such a show, and you're like, and just and realizing that." like Ed's freaking out about Bruce Springsteen too and so we're all like whoa did you see that show holy cow the guy just went for four hours it's incredible (laughs) yeah Uh, there's
1: something about sharing the thing you love with other people that are really passionate about it like it never gets old it Mm -hmm. never gets less exciting
2: yeah Yeah. and that's part of it too finding the things that you know you have in common with people so that you can you know you can hang out and relax and get what you need out of it you know and So that's always a thing, you know. It's like, how do you find a common ground with Bob Dylan?
0: <laughs> <laughs> did you find one?
2: <laughs> uh, I I didn't want to um, you know fan guy out because you know I wasn't even sure that he, I wasn't even really sure that it was actually happening. I'm like, is this really going to happen? Is he really going to show up? I just want to know. And uh, and when he did, I I I just was you know tried to stay on point with the task at hand, which was, you know, trying to relax myself and have him be comfortable in front of the camera. And I, I remember talking with him about, um, harmonica players. Like I wanted to, I wanted to know who like he was inspired by and, and, um, you know, and maybe talk a little bit about that and that kind of thing. So, um,
0: so cool. Uh, Yeah. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about yeah. the medium you use. Are are you s- still using film? Have you done digital? Like what's what's been your progression?
2: Yeah. I was a, you know, definitely a holdout on the analog film thing for quite a long time and um and then it just really became apparent to me that you know, in the business that I'm in, you can't really avoid the digital because the turnaround times now are expected to be so much faster, and you know people you know expect you to be able to turn things around. And so, I do a mix of both. I, I shoot digital and I shoot film. My camera bag is uh, is interesting. It has a Canon 5D, which I which I use very often. I have a Leica M which is the camera that i take with me everywhere mm-hmm. uh that's always on my shoulder always next to me always within arms reach uh i like that camera for for its you know the glass and the way it's built and you know as a digital camera um you know it's 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 pretty good and uh and then i have my leica m4 i have a uh, I have a leica m6 for film cameras, often sometimes I'll just take the the Leica M and the and the M6, and have if I have each of those on my shoulder, I'm good to go. Um, and then I have I have a Hasselblad that I that I love to use. I have old Nikon's FE and FE2. I have a Wide Lux that I use very often, and I have a um, Polaroid camera. I have a um, Konica InstaPress, and I've been shooting what i have left of the fuji 3000 polaroid and i just like keep paying attention to like the impossible project and people who make polaroid Mm. film and hope that they'll continue to make it and um and so i also have like a diana and a holga Uh, i have a half frame camera that i use and i use all of them just depending on what kind of mood i'm in and what kind of assignment i'm on and what i'm trying to accomplish so um, it is a big collection. <laughs> I was gonna say that sounds like a big bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and you know, my assistant will be like, "Okay, are we bringing the the Holga and the the Diana? Because like I could use some room in the bag." You know,
1: <laughs>
2: and I'm like, "Oh, uh, you know, depending on the job, I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'll ever pull that out here, or, or I'll be like, yeah, just in case, you know."
1: <laughs> right, right.
2: Uh, so, and I like having all those tools at my fingertips because you know you can you can kind of do that stuff in. If you wanted to digitally do anything, you could probably do it, but it's just not the same. It's not the same, you know, counting on a happy accident from a, a Diana camera or the way you shoot, uh, you know, in a consecutive series with your half frame so that you can print three half frames together and create like a little visual story, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like, uh, you know, not knowing what I'm getting, uh, you know. That's the thing that you lose with digital you know, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. You, you know what you have and therefore you can fix someone's collar or you can show them the picture and they can say like, Ooh, I don't like when I look that way or, you know, or, Oh, how about if I do this, you know, the new version of a Polaroid and, um, you know, but then I like being surprised too and getting a contact sheet or getting, you know, my film scans back and, you know, seeing that, um, you know, things come together a certain way, or something that's unexpected.
1: Yeah, and we and we talk about that a lot on on the show because we have cinematographers, all kinds of different people on the digital and film. There's a role for both, and and yeah. uh, knowing you know when you mentioned the Impossible Project, I don't know if you saw our announcement about uh, we're bringing back Ektachrome.
2: Yeah, and, <laughs> uh,
1: have you have you shot Ektachrome before?
2: load me up, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you have a freezer full of it now? Because it's okay. Get it out. Shoot it, man. There's more coming. Oh, <laughs>
2: uh, man. I have so much film in my refrigerator and I, I, I still shoot the out-of-date stuff, too. And then I also give it away, you know, to friends and interns and go, you guys want some film? It's out-of-date, but it'll work. And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, man. Just, nice. They're like, this stuff looks great, you know? But, um, yeah, I, I did, um, sh- I shot a lot of ectochrome back in the day and, I shot a little bit of Kodachrome, a lot of Ektachrome, and then, you know, in the 90s, everybody was cross-processing the Ektachrome, so right, right. Uh, I did I did a fair amount of that, too, but thankfully that you can, you know, you can scan those negatives and kind of get it back to looking normal, which is, you know, because it was kind of trendy there for a while.
0: Well, how about We we talk about the image and where its place is right now in the world. You know, everybody's taking pictures all the time. And Mm -hmm. do you think the fact that pictures are so easy to take for most that it does it change the audience or do people still know the value of a well taken photograph, or is that getting in there in the way at all? You think?
2: Uh, I have a couple thoughts about that. I think that um, first of all, I think. You know, it's interesting, There, there is visual overload these days and everybody, you know. But, you know, to, to take a good a good photograph is, is a different thing, yeah. you know. And I am grateful for people who never considered to look around a lot. Like, one of my um, most enjoyable things to do is just to walk down the street and, you know, and see things, whether I'm on the beach or whether I'm walking through New York City or you know wherever you are it's like I feel lucky that I'm a visual person and that I, I can look at something and appreciate it for what it is. It's like, you know, an old poster that's torn, half torn off the wall and it creates a nice pattern or like light coming through a fire escape, or, you know, like the silhouette of somebody down like a a tunnel or something, you know, and like and I just like love that stuff, whether I take a photograph of it or not, I appreciate it and I love the fact that I've always felt like people who don't appreciate that are missing out. Mm-hmm. And what I feel like Instagram and and camera phones has, has, has done for for uh, mankind, I guess, is that it's teaching people to look and to appreciate, like, visual things and to appreciate light and composition and, and moments and stuff, you know. Um, and their hamburger at lunch, I guess. But, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so I like that part of it, and I'm not mad about that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but um, I think, you know, to get... To really see the light properly, and to record it properly, and to shoot and compose, and to, and in my case, to get access to the right people, right. to interesting people, to then use that skill, you know, there is just a whole different thing, and that will never change. Yep. You know, um, you could do a selfie with someone or steal a shot with your camera phone, and maybe, you know, if you're good, you know, it could work out. I guess, but you know, I mean, really. I think the one thing that I think about is that, like, when you see a photograph of, of say, Johnny Cash, you know, who I was lucky enough to photograph uh, in my lifetime, you know, there's probably a lot of Johnny Cash photographs in the world. But, like, you know, when you start talking about, like, photographing Kanye West, let's say, I mean, there are just thousands and millions of photographs of Kanye West, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, what what is that, you know? So... Your question is like, well, where does that leave it? Right. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, will, in the future, will people appreciate a really great, intimate, cool, beautifully composed moment, you know, of Kanye West? You know, when there's the world is just inundated with images of him, like walking to the store and with his kid and with his wife and right. whatever? I, I mean, I don't know. I, I would think so. I would think so. I think, think those yeah. who really care, mm-hmm. you know, really do. So, yeah, I mean, I think... I think it's you know, you can look at it both ways.
0: But I like your 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 first point. You know, it, it is opening up people to a new way of looking at things and I think you're you're yeah. very right to say that. And I yeah. think even with the bombardment of it, it's still refreshing to see something well composed. Right. And I don't think you have to be like, you know, above and beyond intelligent to understand when to to get the emotion that's given to you from a well-made photograph you know? right. i and don't right. think that and that's just inherent you know yeah
1: and sometimes yeah. in the act of trying to make on your own you realize how difficult something really is so right. it's like i'm gonna go out and take some photos and yeah. you appreciate more almost the skill level that someone like yourself brings because it's like this is a lot harder than i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. yeah
2: or, yeah i mean i have this gallery uh right now until the end of um the end of April. Uh it might go it might be extended, I'm not sure. But right now it's up until the end of April, uh to May first. And it's a great space. It's called it's actually called Transparent, which came from Transparency, uh, which is, you know, of course, Ectochrome as we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um and uh you know it's it's a great place to hang out. It's you know, we bought in a friend of mine who who puts um, who, who deals in like uh, mid-century modern furniture and she has a great sense of style and she like kind of decked the place out and then I collaborated with um, with these um, folks at Baron & Baron to create like a really just really awesome space and it's in Asbury Park as I said and I was there yesterday hanging out and we had musicians playing there we had like a bluegrass band and then we had just like a duo doing some original music and some covers and it's a great place to hang out but this my point is this woman had walked in and she just was like man this is photography like this stuff has emotion this is i'm so overwhelmed with imagery all the time and this is where this is what it's all about i hope this never disappears you Mm -hmm. know and it made me feel really good (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) that's great yeah So you also do music videos, among other films that you do. The ones you've shot, they've been film? or Does the Alabama Sheiks, that's a question I had, is the Alabama Sheiks video done on film or digitally?
2: Uh, That was digital, and that was shot, I think it was the Amira. Mm. Um, And, um, you know, it was all, the idea was to shoot the songs. Uh, We did four songs. And to shoot them all in, like, a one-take situation where, you know, they did each song, like, I think think two of the songs they did twice and maybe the other songs they did, like, three or four times. But, you know, we just chose one, you know, complete take of it. And um, it was really challenging and really fun.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that it feels like there would be a lot of pressure when it's a live yeah, you know? it
2: was interesting because we pitched them that idea, and they're like, uh, yeah, that's cool. And so, you know, we went out, and we had, like, one camera, and, you know, and we did our first pass, and admittedly, you know, we, it was our first pass, and it was a little rough. We were just getting our sea legs, you know, mm-hmm. on us, myself, and my DP, Josh Coleman. And um, the the manager, like, came over and he goes, so, uh, you know, maybe we should shoot two cameras, you know, like, just in case so that, you know, we could you know, cut back and forth to the one I was like, Man, I'm, I bought one camera and we're <laughs> jumping in with both feet here. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get it done. And he was like, All right, I'm with you you know, and we just we just went for it. And, it worked. Um, I it loved it. Was, it that. was cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. I love yeah, the light course. the light behind um Brittany Howard and yeah. when she starts singing you see the spit coming out of her mouth. It's so yeah. awesome. <laughs>
2: oh, it's just, again, it's like it's all you know I it's all storytelling, you know, visual storytelling and like, and captured moments and, and simple, simple is good and, you know, with a band like that that's really powerful, Mm -hmm. um, you can rely on that and great cinematography and and lighting and just get in there and get it done, you know.
1: And you mentioned you also have shot some Super 8 on, on I think you mentioned your Bolex, like what, uh, what videos have you shot there and like, how do you choose, you know, which medium is right for what you're trying to capture?
2: Um, you know, the the Bolex um, and the Super 8 are things that I use, I think, to create a mood and to, to set the tone. And, like, a lot of times, if you look at a lot of my films, some of them are done entirely in that, but, like, others are, you know, I kind of I shoot a lot of the Super 8 and 16, and I create an opening sequence that has that feel that just feels really... You know, rich and organic, and and uh, has that film grain, and and then when you sort of like when you kind of segue into the digital stuff, which I also want to have a film look on, and I, I take great pains to have a great you know grain f- filter and color correction that lends itself to you know to that same vibe, and you don't feel the transition as much, and you just kind of can you, you get into that mindset of film and and the organic beauty of that kind of stuff. And, and then I sprinkle it throughout uh, a lot of times. And I love the imperfections of, of the Bolex and the flickering and the rollout of the color of film and the weird flashes that happen. And I try to embrace them instead of, you know, editing around them. I, I like to use them, uh, you know, for transitions and moments and things like that.
0: Has there ever been a time in your career that you didn't have a camera on you that you wished you did?
2: Hmm. Um. Yes. What happened to me semi-recently is I went to like the Rock and Roll Hall of uh the Rock and Roll induction Hall of Fame induction mm-hmm. ceremonies a couple of years back and I can't remember who was being inducted but I can remember that there, oh yeah Nirvana I think Nirvana was inducted and um there was an after party, and 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 they said, you know, don't, you know, I wasn't going as a photographer. I went as a guest to the um, the ceremony, and I was like, I can't go without a camera, you know, and like I and I I have like a like a little sort of digital snapshot camera that I think that I thought at the time could work, in, you know, if in a jam, you know, like at least I'd have something, and uh, I ended up going to this after show party where you know, Dave Grohl was there, and, the, you know, the guys from Nirvana were all there, obviously, except for Kurt, and had people doing Nirvana songs in, like, this little dive bar. And I was there with this shitty little camera. <laughs> and I, like, it wasn't working properly, and the battery was dying, and I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Terrible. It just crushed me. And there was a guy next to me with a Leica, and
0: I, I was <laughs> contemplating, like... Punching him out? You know, yeah. <laughs> Just
1: you know, <laughs> I feel like one of those movies, he's he tied bucks. up in a closet. Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah.
0: found he yeah, like, you up took in his
2: closet. outfit. Like
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: but yeah, that was uh, it. Was that was kind of painful? Um, yeah,
1: and it must have been amazing.
2: Like it was amazing. Oh my gosh, it was it was cr- cr- yeah. it was so good. It was like St. Vincent and Joan Jett. Oh my like, god, all sorts of people like with Dave Grohl on drums just beating the crap out of the drums and stuff. It was really cool.
1: So, so uh, one thing I always wonder, and when I look through the, the body of work that you've done, you're an incredible artist yourself. What is it about you, yourself as an artist and a creative person that you hope comes across to the audience through these images?
2: I think I like to feel like my work has a soulfulness to it that would translate into you know, what people see in me and what what i appreciate about the music and what i appreciate about photography and um and that i at the end of the day i'm i'm looking for like that soulful quality of of that that's in people you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. that makes you feel good and helps you you know get through your your daily life you know
1: yep mm-hmm. and i can say as somebody who not knowing you, right? This is our, our first conversation. Your love of music comes through your work, uh, yeah, very strong, for
2: sure, yeah. for sure. And uh, you know, I think that I have a little bit of a different insight than most because I play music as well, right. and I think that it helps me connect with people. Uh, and you know, they understand that I that I get it.
1: Yeah. Right. Cool. So, so Danny, thank you so much for your time and for joining us today. Where can people see uh, more of your work, and, and what do you have coming up next?
0: And what kind of dog do you have? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I have a Australian uh, cattle dog, like oh, one of those cool. little, little buggers, <laughs> uh, who is out barking at the birds in the backyard.
0: Yep. As he should be. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, Okay, but seriously, where can where yeah. uh, what's happening <laughs> <laughs> What's going on next? With but you? seriously, uh, I have um,
2: a couple things going on. I have a gallery show in Asbury Park, which has really become an interesting little town uh, these days on the shore in New Jersey, and it's called Transparent, and it's at the Asbury Hotel, and um, it's kind of a it's more of a hang spot instead of like your typical like clean and cut and dry gallery. It's like, uh, you know, we we have music events there. Um, I give talks there. We have, you know, like I said, Sunday, Sunday afternoon is music. Um, and, uh, I also have a, uh, gallery show coming up March 2nd at, the leica gallery in los angeles which i'm i'm really excited about i've been you know using a leica for uh... for years and it's the camera i take with me all the time and um, and it's it's a great opportunity i think for me to show uh... some work that i haven't shown yet that i'm really excited about and um, and you know also my at my website you know dannyclinch.com you can check that out i always have stuff going on my Instagram is is uh, always busy, mm-hmm. um, which is Danny Bones sixty four, which I chose before I realized that everybody was going to be having Instagrams or whatever. Nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and and one other thing, Danny, that both Megan and I really loved your book, Still Moving. It's a beautiful book. Anybody out there who is a fan of photography, music, both things, go get the book.
0: Can With, you get that on your website? Uh, You can get that on my website, yeah, and if you
2: order it through my website, I'll, you know, I can personalize it and stuff.
0: Awesome.
1: Nice, and and, uh, And we'll put links in our show notes to all of the things you just mentioned.
2: Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Cool. Um, All right, well, if you guys need anything else from me, let me know, and uh, I appreciate you having me on, and I'm excited about the stuff that you guys are up to as well.
0: It is a great satisfaction to be able to speak to you through the medium of this wonderful